yarn. Yarn number one, the absence of Gary. Hello there, my name's Gary. I'm calling for a graphic design agency called... We, we specialise in creating bespoke websites and original brand identities for courageous clients. Oh, oh, I see. No, no, it's not a problem. How about I call back at a more convenient time? Next week, perhaps? I see. Oh, how about... Gary calmly put the receiver down and switched his attention to his computer screen. He tapped a few keys on his keyboard, double-clicked his mouse, and picked up the phone receiver again. Hello there, my name's Gary. I overheard the same monologue for the tenth time that day. Each call met with a similar end, but this rarely seemed to bother Gary. His manner and tone, in that distinct accent, never faltered, even late into the day. From where I sat, I could only see the back of his head, which bobbed forward and back, as if he was casting a fishing line, hoping one of his words would catch a bite. Even though I couldn't always see him, I could imagine his cheeky grin and baby face as he delivered his lines. I could always tell when it was a woman on the other end, because Gary's tone would grow flirtatious and the muffled sounds of giggles could be heard from the receiver. Hey, I think I'm in there. I mean, uh, I think we're in there for a meeting. Gary would announce after hanging up the phone and spinning around in his chair. His intentional slip of words was designed to get a laugh out of us. We obliged. Right, who's for a pot of tea then? Two yeses, a full house. He instantly regretted the offer. Michelle, I don't have to make one of your weird Frankenstein combinations, do I? Darjeeling Assam mix, please, Gary. (sighs) Two bags each. Michelle was polite, but her tone was loaded with the self-importance she derived from being the boss. This is where I found myself, my first real job out of art school. The tiny three-man graphic design agency was founded by Michelle. I was her first employee. Gary was the newest member of staff, hired to find new clients. Gary's music taste was the first thing that piqued my interest. His encyclopedic knowledge of reggae music was astounding. Not just because he was a white cockney with Irish parents, but because he was never wrong. I trawl the internet trying to find an obscure recording, play it for him, and four bars into the song. That's too easy. Toots and the Maytales, Monkey Man from the 1968 album, Sweet and Dandy. And Gary's interest in Afro-Caribbean culture didn't stop there. I, I spend at least one month every year in Jamaica. I'm just sorting out my accommodation now for the next trip. Wow, that's great. Where are you staying? Well, it's triggers i've got got three gorgeous ladies out there and if i line up my schedule just right i can discreetly jump from one to the next then i'm the wiser sounds stressful i said trying to hide any hint of judgment in my response so he'd carry on telling me his plans that's fine the only drawback is i have to end up going back to the airport more than i'd like see when the first bird drops me off at the departures at the end uh, <laughs> on my holiday I'll run over to the arrivals where the next one is waiting to pick me up. It's a pretty small island though, right? Do any of these women know each other? Gary's eyes lit up. <laughs> I've got that covered. I use different names with each of them. The toughest bit is persuading my lady back here to let me go away on my own for a month every year. So what do you say? Well, well we see this is going to sound terrible. Gary leans forward and lowers his voice. I say I'm going to do charity work. I say I'll build houses for the people who live in the slums. Which is quite funny, because I struggled to put a shop up for my girlfriend last week. I mean, I'm not sure how she thinks I'm putting up asses. 
I tell them arthritis doesn't bother me half as much as your bank because of the wrong temperature. Now I know when she's about to ask me to do something around the house because she'll have to get into it at full blast whenever I'm over. As the weeks pass, we couldn't help noticing Gary's unexplained absence every Monday morning. Sometimes he'd just be late by three or four hours, but other weeks he wouldn't show up at all. Most Mondays played out the same way. Gary's chair would remain empty well past 10am. Michelle would try to call him, only to be greeted by Gary's upbeat answering message. Then, usually just before lunch, Gary would surface. His sudden appearance always came with a dramatic story. There was the morning Gary said he woke up in excruciating pain. Even the slightest touch to either of his legs caused him to erupt in agony. When he got to the hospital, he was promptly diagnosed with gout. Gout? I mean, who am I? Emery the Eighth! Another morning, a girlfriend had changed the locks of his flat and thrown his belongings out in the street. Later that day, he showed me an ad for his own flat-screen TV on Guntry and another for his record player. He laughed it off. <laughs> She's missing a trick there. That's an Electron Signature Retro Hi-Fi Stereo System. It's worth three times as much as that. One Monday afternoon, he didn't call the office until after lunch. I looked at Michelle's face as she listened to Gary's unusually downbeat tone on the line. No problem, Gary. We're very sorry for your loss. Take as much time as you need. Michelle put the receiver down gently and announced. His mother died this time. I wonder if this is the first time she's died. Michelle scowled at me, even though I'm sure she was thinking the same thing. Gary's days at were numbered. He must have known it because his final Monday excuse topped them all. 3pm and still no sign of Gary. The office was tense. Michelle hadn't said a word in hours. She had barely even moved. The only sound that could be heard were the aggressive clicks of her mouse. I began to hear heavy, hurried footsteps thunder down the hallway. They stopped right outside our office. I recognised Gary's deep wheezing breaths on the other side of the door. The door swang open and Gary burst into the room. I've had a nightmare morning. Literally, a disaster. Woke up at 3am by the smoke alarm, the building's on fire. I watched as Michelle's eyes widened as she feigned surprise. Gary went on to detail what the firefighters told him, possible causes of the blaze, and how he was lucky he had just replaced a battery in his smoke alarm. He intermittently threw in a cough or two between the sentences. Michelle turned to me. You can take your lunch now. Damn. I was hoping if I kept quiet and didn't make any sudden movements, she'd forget I was there. This technique might work on bears, but it didn't work on Michelle. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, see you guys in a bit. I thought about listening outside the door, but feared my grumbling stomach might have given me away. I returned half an hour later to Michelle sitting alone at her desk. Go anywhere interesting for lunch? Where's Gary? Lap Sang Assam. Two to one ratio and then I'll tell you. I let out a frustrated groan, a sound my mother would recognise from my teenage years and begrudgingly fulfilled the tea order. Gary won't be coming back. Michelle revealed with an air of relief as she slurped her tea. What did you say? Did you call him out on any of his excuses? Didn't have to. I've been tracking the internet history on his work computer. I just read him out these three stats. Visits during work hours last week to a website called JamaicanInterracialDating.com over 1,000. 
visits during work hours last week to an online forum for Millwall football fans, over 500. Number of new clients won in the last five weeks, zero. Upon hearing his most frequented online hangouts and his single-digit sales figure, Gary got up and left without a word, his coughing fit miraculously cured. So where was he every Monday morning? Your guess is as good as mine. Now let's just get back to work. That brochure won't design itself. I would find out for myself a few weeks later. Michelle was out of the office, so I was playing music full blast and drinking regular builder's tea. The phone rang. Hello, how can I help? Hi mate, it's, it's Gary. Are you playing a special? Hi, Gary. How have you been doing, man? Michelle's not here this morning. I assume this was going to be about money. Nah, it's alright, mate. Yeah, actually, you're the one. Uh, you're the one I'm after. Actually, there's been a, 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 a bit of a misunderstanding. Uh, can you confirm to this gentleman that I'm an employee of the uh, company? After a second or two of rustling, a second voice emerged. Hello there, this is PC Winston Noble at Southwark Police Station. I've got Mr O'Reilly with me here. Um, he was detained yesterday for disorderly conduct during an incident near Millwall Football Ground. Listen, uh, we're prepared to leave him off with a warning if you, as his employer, can ensure that he's usually an individual of upstanding behaviour. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. He is. Definitely. I lowered my voice to sound more authoritative. We've been uh, wondering um, where he was. It's very out of character. As soon as I hung up the phone, I started combing the internet for police and CCTV images of known offenders of organised violence at football grounds. Eventually I stopped at one image of a flabby, bare-chested man with a cheeky baby-faced grin. It was Gary, our own reggae-loving football hooligan. (laughs) 